Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in everybody, a new episode of the podcast that's sweeping the nation. It's One Man's Opinion. Thank you, one and all. Thank you for a great year. I mean, uh, our download numbers and listening numbers are very, very strong. I think we've quadrupled the audience in the last year, and that is 100% obviously from all of you, and we appreciate it very, very much. I'd love to crank out more episodes of this. As a matter of fact, I've got some, you know what? I'll let the cat out of the bag. I got some big announcements in this uh, this next hour. We'll, we'll try to keep this under an hour if possible this episode. We've got week 16 to look ahead to. I'll recap a little bit of week 15 out there with you as well, but uh, I really want to send a heartfelt appreciation for all you who have subscribed, who download, who have spread the word, told a friend, told a relative, and just uh, got the word out about this podcast. Uh, I have a lot of fun doing them, and uh, hopefully you guys are enjoying it as well. Now, this is episode 97. I am Jeff Manns, in case you're just stumbling upon us, and uh, it's just me. Uh, It's one man's opinion. It's one guy. Most episodes are solo. I bring in guests from time to time, of course, but, uh, you know, like to just free wheel it, you know, top of the mind. I've got a lot to say in a variety of topics and it all comes out. And if this is an uncensored podcast, I know it's a holiday week. So if you, you're listening on a loudspeaker or in the car or wherever, yeah, probably not suitable for the kids. I'm going to talk a lot. I'm going to say some Christmas stuff. I'm going to uh, curse as well so uh, if you're around the kids put in the earbuds or uh, you know wait till you're in the car alone however you've done that so or if you don't care i don't it's up to you but uh, that's that you hear me on on sirius xm's fantasy sports radio 4 to 6 p.m eastern every weekday afternoon hosting the elite sports show host sirius xm fantasy football pregame sunday mornings with bob harris 11 a.m to 1 p.m eastern time you follow me on twitter at jeff underscore mans the jeff mans all one word on facebook instagram snapchat and on tiktok and as well as i am part owner of the fantasyguru.com website elitefantasy.com website elitesportsbetting.com websites and the elite sports network overall so got that going on uh i'll dive in i'm this is our annual christmas episode i'm gonna tell some stories on this one i know some of you aren't into it you're looking for just fantasy football i totally understand or fantasy sports but you know christmas is a big it's the biggest holiday for me Uh, it's my happiest time of the year it's the most important day of the year really for me it's the only days i actually take any time off of work never 100% off, but Christmas Eve and Christmas day this year, I'm going to be in the background and very unusual place for me to be, but that's, that's what I'm doing. And I will still be in discord for uh, all of my people, all the people that rely on me to close out championships, to win in DFS, to win in sports betting. I'll still be accessible, but it's in discord and then hit her miss on Twitter mostly for our paying subscribers on discord on fantasy guru, elite fantasy, elite sports betting. So that's just an FYI on the week. I want all of you to please be safe, be happy, be healthy, try to maintain a positive environment, no matter where you're at or how you're celebrating this Christmas weekend, a lot to be angry about a lot to that. You disagree about let's put our swords down. All right. Uh, I always look back on, 
um, you know, war and like the Civil War and World War One and and, and um, you know, old. There used to be a lot of rules and a lot of gentlemanship with when it came to fighting and argument, and those don't exist nowadays. When Robert E. Lee and, and Ulysses S. Grant met uh, to discuss peace treaty at uh, uh, at that little courthouse, they you know everybody stood guard. But everybody put their guns down. They are respectful to one another. Mortal enemies, right? Of course, different sides, rival nations. And laid down the armor and discussed and talked, had conversations. And that's what I that's where I view the holidays. Doesn't matter what sides you're on of all fronts. So I'm an Eagles fan. He's a, a Washington football team fan. Ah, oh, Cowboys and Giants. Ah. Oh. Doesn't matter, man. It just doesn't fucking matter. Just doesn't. So I'm chill out. I'm in my Christmas gear right now. I'm going to be talking about it. Um, week 15, let's get into that real quick. And, um, you know, what happened, uh, what went right, what went wrong. It, it was a decent week in daily fantasy. Took home a little bit more than we put in, which is uh, always a good thing. If you could at least stay above water, you're doing something right. Dak Prescott let me down uh, as far as the core four is concerned. Probably our most disappointing player there. But overall, you know, another profitable betting week. I, you know, I did the betting episode a couple of uh, shows ago here on this podcast. You go listen to it. I think that was number, what, 95 NFL betting tips. Uh, and I'm going to be hot and heavy on this. As we get more games on, you know, the last couple of days of this week, Monday, Tuesday, you know, having two games apiece, these are great for betting, man fantastic they're solid enough for dfs showdown slates i like playing larger slate daily fantasy but i love betting on them and i'm going to keep going i'll have some bets up for christmas day games as well green bay cleveland indian arizona one right out in my backyard uh uh, uh indian arizona big game two good teams should be a good one so a lot to bet on as far as that is concerned as well and, you know, and then all throughout the playoffs, going to be hot and heavy on the betting scene. And why not? Winning 60% of bets, up almost 30 units, 29.05 units as we sit here today uh, recording this episode number 97. So profitable day overall. I mean, you know, speaking of Arizona, they shut the bed. Absolutely just let it slip. And it's pathetic how this team can't close out. I think a lot of that is its coach and it's a lot of it's its quarterback Two entities that don't have the killer instinct don't have the closer instinct. And let's be honest. Uh, I mean, I look at the LA Rams. I look at their head coach. I don't think he's got the killer instinct either. The general manager does. I, I think the general manager uh, of Les Snead, he's got the killer instinct. he's gone out and acquired a ton of talent and mortgaged the farm in the future. But McVay doesn't know how to put it all together either, you know, and we'll see if Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers does. They have the killer instinct, but haven't been able to get it past as of yet. Green Bay will run away with this at this point. NFC, they'll have the number one seed. I think that's just a foregone conclusion in my mind as of this point. So it's going to go through Lambeau Field, the NFC, once again here in 2021. And with Tampa Bay getting depleted and Fournette out, Evans banged up, and Chris Godwin out for the season, I think this team just came back down to earth and shut out for the first time. Tom Brady shut out for the first time since 2006 when he was with the Patriots. So uh, 
those were you know my bigger takeaways from the week. Um, I think the Colts are for real. I think the Indianapolis Colts are for real, a team that's going to give everybody in that conference, the AFC, real headaches because they could run the ball at will. And who can stop the run? Kansas City can't. New England can't. They just ran all over New England last week. Right? Tennessee can't. Cincinnati, not bad, but not enough. The Chargers can't. The Bills can't. Steelers can't. I mean, the Ravens, not without Clayus Campbell. Not when you don't have any secondary and you have to pull all your safeties back and to help out in coverage. Who's? I mean, it's going to be tough. The Indianapolis Colts aren't messing around. Only a game behind Tennessee. By the time you're listening to this, Tennessee could have lost to San Francisco. They're not favored, despite being at home. Got Julio Jones and A.J. Brown back. That's big for them. It's a huge game for Tennessee. So I don't know. I don't think Indianapolis is going to lose. I mean, huge game against Arizona. But I expect him to go in there and win. Uh-oh, did I just give away a bet? Oh, shit. I can't, I'm not supposed to do that to the end. Maybe that's my upset. Maybe it's not. You'll have to stay to find out. But I, I don't think the Indianapolis Colts will lose. And they're not going to lose against the Raiders or Jaguars. That's for damn sure. That's just, this is a 11-6 or 10-7 team at the very worst. And can we say the same about the Tennessee Titans? Huge game here against the 49ers. But they got the Dolphins, too, playing a lot better. I think Tennessee is much closer to Miami than they are to the Indianapolis Colts at this stage. Now they got Houston at the end. So this, this is a monster game for Tennessee, but either way, I think Indy will dispose of them come playoff time. So um, that was that. I mean, James Robinson, you know, post urban Meyer, I gave my thoughts on the podcast last week. Uh, as far as that's concerned, Jacks, nobody said Jacksonville is going to be good. We said they're going to do the right things and they did. They gave the ball to James Robinson. The offense moved. They scored the most points they have since the fucking bye week. All right. I mean, that's how bad that team was with Urban Meyer. And he's completely ruined Trevor Lawrence. Or he, he ruined his rookie season, that's for sure. Now, whether Lawrence could make some final strides down the stretch was, remains to be seen. I'll tell you, people don't like it, but J- Justin Fields has made strides. I mean, he's been a top 12 quarterback each of his last four starts in fantasy and he's just playing a lot better we're seeing that development it's happening i'm excited as a bears fan first round pick yeah it's gonna be a top five pick but i don't give a shit would it be nice to get an offensive lineman oh yeah he's fucking phenomenal or or, or even a, a lockdown safety or corner uh and having a top five pick to go with fields yeah but you weren't gonna get a difference maker and guess what if they didn't draft, if the Bears didn't draft Justin Fields this past year, what are we going to do? Who are we going to go into this draft? And you kept that pick. You're, you would have no Matt Nagy, right? And by the way, um, you know, without you know, Matt Nagy, how are you going to attract a new head coach? What's the, what would be the enticing thing in Chicago? Right? What, what would it be? Um, Quite frankly, it, there wouldn't be anything there. Now you have a fantastic franchise caliber quarterback to walk into the uh, walking into the position, and that attracts a guy like hopefully Joe Lombardi, who I think I would love for him to be the next head coach of Chicago Bears. I've said that many times, and I hope that happens. Make Joe Brady your offensive coordinator, and away we go, ladies and gentlemen. But um, 
you know, there'd be nothing else attractive. So that pick doesn't mean as much if you don't have the quarterback in place there, there are no quarterbacks in this draft. I mean, they, we are going to get excited about fucking Kenny Pickett or, uh, um, Matt Corral, the Ted likes him the most, the old miss quarterback, this dude, six foot one ninety. I'm not into Matt Corral very much at all. There's just not a lot of real difference makers. Sam Howell, North Carolina guy. He's been touted for the last few years. There's not a difference maker. I, don't, I just don't see it in this draft class, at least a quarterback, not worthy of that pick. So uh, I think the bears are great. I love them losing, move up in the second round pick. We still got, let's roll with that and get new coaching in there as well. So um, there's my little recap for you a week, number 15. And listen, it's about survival. I got my ass kicked. I lost in about 10 fucking leagues this past week, 10 leagues to get my ass beat. And that's, that's a tough take. A lot of this stuff has to do with, I was up against Travis Kelsey. Now I, I don't know what happened, but my FFPC fantasy football players championship, high stakes league that I love a lot. And they got, they were able to the week before the season started, they became legal in Arizona. Um, so I loaded up, did five drafts, made the playoffs in all of them. And, I'm down to, uh, I think I'm out now in every single one, if I'm not mistaken, um, I have to go in there and check, but you know, it was a, just a bloodbath because I faced off against Kelsey in three of those five leagues. And in two of those three, they had Hunter Henry and Travis Kelsey. It just ran into the bus. Up. And what, what are you going to do? And there's not much to do at the, at that point, right. There's just not that much to do. So, um, sucked. There's no question about it. Yeah. I actually got bounced in, uh, I got bounced in all of them. I'm trying, I'm looking it up right now. 186, 118. Good Lord. Bouncing all of them. So yeah, out all five. I mean, I, there you go. <laughs> you know, it, it, easy come easy go, baby. That's the way it, it is. Um, in any fantasy league, you know, have strong seasons and then uh, run into one buzz on the playoffs and you get bounced. So fortunately I'm still in it. Oh, five leagues that I know of that I'm still in. That's a good thing. Hopefully close out some championships this year. It's been chaotic. Uh, hopefully you guys aren't getting too discouraged. I see some, a lot of hostility, a lot of anger. It's normal. A lot of, a lot of stuff to be, angry about and the players that let us down. I was talking about this on the Sirius XM show and, and I'll just go through it real fast for you. Think the 2021 season has been like a decade. It's a decade that's lasted one year. And what I mean by that is think of how we felt on certain players at certain times in the year. I, I go back and Justin Herbert after four weeks, I said, he's the best quarterback in the national football league. And then I got by four weeks later, people were telling me I was the biggest fool on earth for that. Well, then now the last few weeks and you look at it like, oh, Herbert's what third or fourth in passing yardage, second in fantasy points this year, right? We kind of loved him. Then we hated him. We loved him again. Kirk Cousins, people were falling in love again. Now he's been absolutely dog shit the last few weeks. Joe Burrow's been up and down. Lamar Jackson was crushing and then now we think well is it just the systems Tyler Huntley just as good as Lamar Jackson 
Dak Prescott was MVP of the league, comeback player, MVP of the league. Now he's been horseshit over the last few weeks. Carson Wentz was a brutal to start the year and has come on very strong as the Colts have gotten better. Russell Wilson started out fantastic, then got hurt, came back too early probably, and he's been bad. Justin Fields was the worst quarterback probably in the NFL for a while and came back and was really, really good. Jonathan Taylor was very mediocre in the beginning of the season. Derrick Henry was the star. Henry goes down as forgotten about. Jonathan Taylor is now the biggest star. Leonard Fournette was – Bruce Arians himself said Ronald Jones was going to play – and be the, you know, like have the inside track of the lead back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That never happened. They were split and carried. Then Fournette came out of nowhere to be a stud, right? Now, Jay Harris was a workhorse, you know, dynamo early in the season. The guy has barely averaged over 2.8 yards per carry over the last six games. James Conner was absolutely nothing with Chase Edmonds being the backup to Chase Edmonds. Then he became a top five fantasy performer this year. Cordero Patterson was a kickoff returner became, then he was the glory boy. Now he lets us down in the playoffs, right? Ups and downs. Zeke Elliott was a stud in the beginning. Now he can barely run. Same with Tony Pollard. Same with Antonio Gibson. Look at these guys. Nick Chubb's been a star and then he's hurt. Then he comes back and he underperforms and then he, everybody's out on him. Then he has another big game. Just everybody like, look at these players. We have been up and down on so many players. And again, this is my 32nd year playing 33rd year playing. It's never been this dramatic. There's always ups and downs. There's always players. There's always players. You turn, you think, Oh, it's really good. Then they're really bad. And then maybe they turn back around a handful or so of players. I'm pointing out off the top of my head, by the way, dozens of players at every position, right? Every position we're going through. There hasn't been a lockdown steady guy in fantasy football this year. Cooper Cup, probably it. Only guy. It's the only player. It's just wild. It's just wild how this season has gone. So stick with it. You survived it. You got to the playoffs. It's a hell of a good season. If you know, it's not where we want to be. It's not the ideal spot. We want to win championships. If you miss the playoffs, it sucks. Let's find out what do we do wrong? What do we do wrong this year? Where could we improve? What can we have done better? You know, the, those are the most important topics going into the off season on where we, uh, you know, where we have it. That's the most important thing. Right. What do, what have we learned? What are we doing? Um, I opened up a question, by the way. Uh, I'm going to get to week 16 starts and sits. going to get to some Christmas stories as well. I opened up uh, questions on Twitter at, at Jeff underscore mans. Um, asked you guys what you want to hear about. So uh, there you go. Christina Howard says, I've been listening for years seasonal because I want to beat all my boys, cousins, fancy and semifinals. I started DFS for the first time. What contests are best on Fanduel? I started with 50 fifties. Awesome question, Christina. And I appreciate that uh, for those trying daily fantasy for maybe the first time. Here's the deal, especially when you're new DFS is a different kind of contest. There's good and there's bad. The good is that you can pick any player that you want. You could build, you could use any combination of players. There's salary constraints, of course. So they all have to fit, but if there's one or two players you would like to have on your team in a given week, you could use them. So it's wide open. 
All right. I love to hedge my seasonal teams with my DFS teams. If I'm playing against somebody in a championship game and I know, I think that uh, Justin Jefferson is going to be the one. Oh, I'm up against Justin Jefferson. Now what? Well, I'll play Justin Jefferson a daily. That way, if he does great, I'm going to win some money. If he doesn't, I'm going to win my championship, right? Stuff like that. But as far as the best contests are a single entry, that's the most important word you'll ever hear. Daily fantasy football contains a lot of people that build a lot of lineups up to 150. One person could enter 150 lineups into one contest. So if you are new and, or you are on a limited budget and you're just trying to grow and get better and start out, this is a bad odds for you. A veteran person with a ton of experience building 150 lineups versus your one lineup, they're going to do better. And you're, you're in a lot of trouble. You're in a lot of trouble against all 150 of their lineups, let alone one-on-one. So that's why you got to get into the single entry contest and then get yourself in the best situation, best, best probability, if you will, to win 50, 50 contests, 50, 50s are what they say. They're 50% chance to win. And you win, you double up your money. You put in $10. Now you have to pay a rake. So you, you put in 10, you don't get 20, you get 18 back. It's $2 VIG for the, the, the house. It takes $2, no matter what. That's just how it is. Um, or you could play in these things that they call uh, double ups. Double ups mean you win. If you put in 10, you win full 20, but n- half the field doesn't win. They cut out, you have a lower winning percentage. I don't want to sacrifice the winning percentage. I want a 50% winning percentage. And that's something else. When you look at all these contests, always look at certain elements. How many total entries are there? Number one, just, just play the single entry. Dude, I've played this for 12 years. I play the Millie Makers, and I play a couple of multi-entry contests every week. And the only reason I do is to track them for my job, which is to be an anal- a daily fantasy football analyst. It's the only reason I play them. I, I would not even enter them other than that. Um, so I throw that in, but I play single entry all the time and I play a ton of contests like that and I get a 50% chance to win. But if you were to, let's say, enter the Sunday million on FanDuel, you go and you click on the contest and say, okay, what's, you know, how many people are in there? Oh, there's 297,650. 19, 297, 619. That's the amount of people that are playing in that contest. And then you say, all right, well, how many people uh, pay out? Like how many people win? So uh, according to them, I think it's 66,000 people, right? Out of, so you have, you know, 66,000 spots to win. And that may sound great, but out of 297,619, uh, dude, I don't know the math on that, but you have about, let's say it's roughly 20% chance to win, to win anything. And mind you, the, the lower end, you're not even doubling your money, right? And then if you split the last, I, I see, I track it every single week. Sometimes you lose money. You put in $5 or you put in $9 or whatever that con. It's like it's $5 fee. You win that $2 back, $1.33 back. It's so 
20% chance to win. Yes, it's a bigger up top prize, especially when you're new, man. Don't don't dream of the top prize. Always look at what the last payout is and say, if I win, I win this last payout. Don't look at the top prize because you'll get blinded. You'll start dreaming of $300,000, $250,000 top prize, and you'll start buying cars and houses with that money. Look at the final prize, which is nine bucks. That's what you're going to win. If you Is it worth it to you still? Okay, play the contest. But give yourself the best odds to win. Take the amount of payouts and divide it by the number of total entries. That's the percentage of chance you have to win. That's the percent of the field that wins. Okay. When you do that, that's your chance. And you could help improve your odds by building better lineups and, and all that good stuff, right? You, you add to it, but at the end of the day, you have a 22% chance to win and a 50-50 of 50% chance to win. There you go. So uh, do those favorite matchups, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, uh, tight end game scripts and last minute pivots, dude, I have last minute pivots, bro. We're, I'm recording this on a Wednesday. Um, I'll say this on the main slate for DFS purposes, all the good offensive line matchups, San Francisco versus Tennessee, uh, Cleveland versus green Bay, Dallas versus Washington, new Orleans versus Miami. All these great offensive line matchups in the trenches, the Colts versus the Cardinals, they're all in the primetime games. So there's a lot to like in those running games. Colts, Cleveland, San Francisco, New Orleans, Dallas. That Those are the best one. Mike uh, Glenn asked, is Russell Gage a must-start wide receiver too? Uh, no. Russell Gage must start, no, but I like him a lot. Against Detroit, he get Detroit, remember, gets burned deep. It's about deep. I have him as wide receiver 24 on my rankings at fantasyguru.com. So he is a wide receiver too. To say he's a must start eh. is diehard a Christmas movie. No, it is not. Christmas movies. Christmas is a, it, it doesn't have to be the main part or theme of it, but it has to be a, it has to be a, a storyline or a major factor in it. Diehard isn't an action movie now and bruce willis came out and said it it wasn't himself now listen to me i as it comes to christmas i don't give a shit what what if you think it does awesome whatever your christmas holiday traditions are i'm all about it what i am about what christmas is to me is it's i want a time i need it in my life i need a time of year where i can relax for a moment, just just decompress a little bit, spend it with friends and family, you know, share gifts and ideas and traditions, whatever they are. There are no wrong holiday traditions, in my opinion, right? Just no, don't do it. So not a not a not a Christmas movie, but if you want it to be and you think it is, fine. I'm not going to argue with you. Just go ahead, just watch whatever you want. You can watch Mr. Hanky. On how on uh, Christmas, it's fine. Did Ted stop believing in Santa at age seven when he didn't get the Marlboro Reds he asked for? Uh, I think Ted and I both learned to Santa Claus very early on in life, much earlier than kids our age should have. Um, somebody wants to talk about weekend spreads and pickums. I'll get to that at the end of the show uh, as well. Um, Chargers, Patriots, Miami deep, Miami defense. Who is the play this week? Uh, well, Patriots are the best defense there, but tough matchup this week. I, I don't love it. The bills are playing for their season 
everything's on the line there. So I, I would be worried about that. I would, uh, I don't even like the Chargers defense very much. I'll go Miami defense. I'll, I'll go against Taysom Hill. Fuck that. Let me do that. Um, Chase and Higgins. Is it crazy to start both of them? No, especially against Baltimore that has their secondary depleted. Absolutely not. How to build lineups around all this COVID uncertainty. Uh, I kind of talked about it. Uh, it's um, okay. This is a full encompassing seasonal or daily. This is fa- late season fantasy football advice for everybody. You have to. And, okay. This is exciting for me because th- this is, I get, I make bad calls sometimes, right? I have a wrong or I'm just wrong. I, I don't think I make many bad calls. I do make some, but very few bad calls. Now, do they end up bad? Are the results bad? Absolutely. Doesn't mean they were a bad call, right? If you, like I was just talking about contest selection, let's say if you have a 50% chance to win, if it's your last dollar and you needed to eat and a, a Whopper sandwich was $2, and you needed that second dollar to eat, it would it be better to play in a contest that you had a 50% chance to win and get that $2 to eat? Or is it better to play in a Millie Maker where you could eat lobster at the end of the day, but you only have a 22% chance to do it? It's a better decision to play the 50%. That's not to say you played the 50% and lost and you have no money and the results suck. Or if you would have played the, the Millie maker, you would have won a million dollars and bought a home and all the lobster you want. That's not the point. Proper decision-making is what matters. So building lineups late in the season, your investments at this point, in fantasy football, I do it all year long. And it's why I don't, I never have great records in my fantasy football leagues. I, I probably should talk about this more, to be honest with you. I never, I mean, I look at my, uh, I, I think I went through it on this show. I know I did it on Sirius. I think I did it. My records are all just kind of eight and six. I'm eight and six, eight and six. Let me, let me look. I, I have it here on a sheet of paper. Yes, there we go. After I didn't update it this week. But again, I had one, two, three, four, eight, and sixteen. Four, oh yeah, four, nine, and five teams. Four, ten, and fourteen. I did have two, eleven, and three, and one, twelve, and two team. I don't have good records though. The twelve and two and eleven and three are very rare for me. Uh, quite honestly, I'll be straight. Those leagues are garbage leagues anyway. Where half the people I don't think we're paying attention. Just straight up, I don't have good regular season records. I lose weekly matchups but I win championships and that's a tough thing probably to hear and understand. And I I think maybe that's where there's some disconnect sometimes where you think you have to dominate and have all the best players all year long in order to win. But that doesn't, there only could be one. You gotta be the, the best your team is has to be at the end of the season. Otherwise it's all for naught. It all doesn't matter. Okay. And, teams you need to know how to close it and one of the things that i always do and it starts in the preseason and it's there's exclamation points after it later in the season i invest in what i know i invest in the absolutes 
Meaning, so when all this chaos is happening, fuck it. Austin Eckler is on the COVID-19 list, as I said here today. And I have Eckler, and I, I believe he could be in all five of my – I've been lazy. The, I, football just ended yet last night. I'm recording this on a Wednesday. So please excuse me not knowing where my team stand right now. Um, I just know the ones I've been my ass kicked out on. The, I have Eckler. I'm going to assume he's on all the teams that are still in it. Okay? Um, so I could be without him, and it could be over. Well, that sucks. There's nothing I can do about it. But at the, the same time, there is a lot of other situations that you just throw your hands up. Like the L.A. backfield after Eckler is literally just, I don't know, just a bunch of I don't question marks. And it's like we had a lot of discussion this week about Sony Michelle and Daryl Henderson. I was wrong. I thought Henderson would take over for Michelle, but it didn't happen, but it might next week. So I'm staying away from that situation. You know, what, which receiver steps up for the New York giants or who's going to be Jake Fromm's favorite receiver. I don't fucking know. How do I know? I don't fucking know that shit. If Brandon cooks out, who gets, out? I mean, there, there are so many question marks. The, the best in the world at this game are the ones that don't bother. Don't waste their time with things that are impossible to figure out. They invest in the known. They invest in the sure things or the surer things, right? That's what they do. All right. Um, so know everybody on your team. The better your lineup, your lineup would be better by building in situations where you know. It could be less players, less Upside, for instance, I earlier today, just now, I was talking about uh, Najee Harris, right? And if I'm not mistaken, I believe Najee Harris is still a top five fantasy running back. He's been pretty dog shit for a while now. He hasn't done much of anything. And he's not very sexy, and it doesn't look good. And he had a couple big games earlier, mostly catching the football. And if it wasn't for his 62 receptions, I don't think he'd be – He'd be way down in the running back rankings, but just he keeps showing up. He keeps logging touches. We know he is. He's never not going to get 20 touches in the game. And if he misses, it's 18. Oh, whoopee-doo. So, it, and it's that slow and steady approach. Next thing you know, you have a top four running back. You know, nothing sexy. Meanwhile, you've had bigger games out of guys like uh, Dalvin Cook, obviously, Nick Chubb, uh, Kamara. Um, obviously Derrick Henry uh, has had bigger games. Yeah, I think fucking Miles Gaskin has had some better games. Daryl Williams has had a couple bigger games maybe, but all these guys are significantly behind Najee Harris because he just keeps producing because you know it. You can count on it. You're sure of it. There's not a split. There's not a, there's not another goal line back. There's not another receiving big. There's no, he is the guy. So all of it goes to him. Build your teams around that always. Build it in the preseason, during the season, late in the season. Because late in the season when it matters, that's all that's good. All the uncertainty, great. Let your opponents make mistakes and try to reach for the stars. They're not going to do it. Folks, there's a reason. Sports betting is legal across most of the United States at this point. If this idea that somebody could really know when somebody's going to score a touchdown or have some massive event 
if you you think in your mind that you know when uh, – I'm trying to use a random player. Marvin Jones is going to have a monster game. Oh, I know he's going to go. He's going to go off, man. It's going to be crazy. Okay. If you were to bet on that, you could – I mean, you'd be a millionaire. You could win more money than God. But the problem is you don't, and you can't because nobody can. You're not going to predict multiple touchdowns. You're not going to predict 100 plus or any big event. It's easy to say words. Oh, I like this. I like that guy. But if you really believe it, put your money where it is because you'll win a lot. The return is huge. Right. I noticed I, and one of the better handicappers, I think, in the world, I think, you know, I mean, not just betting, but DFS and playing fantasy football in general. I've won everything, I've won all kinds of. So, and even I, I do it all incrementally. I don't in, I think that sometimes gets, there's a very big misunderstanding where, you know, I have a radio show and for 12 years I've been on that and I have trophies and I have big signature wins and am respected around the industry and stuff like that. And there's this idea, well, if I'm in a league with man's, I should, you should, man should win every game and you should win everything. No, nope. That's not the gig. That's not the gig. You can't do it in this game. This game isn't, a, it's like poker. It's not about I win in every hand and I'm going to fool you on every single thing. It's about the setup. It's about when you're doing it. You, you could lose your ass in poker constantly. And then at the very end is when you pull it out. Because the end, you bankrupt your opponent. You knock them the fuck out. Same with boxing or UFC. If you're really good at what you do, you wait for the right time, and then boom, like the Jake Paul fight against Woodley when he knocked him the fuck out this past weekend. They're wait and wait and wait and pop out. Do it, knock him out. And, he, and they're done. I, don't, I love going against the 12 and 3 team or 12 and 2 team uh, with my little 8 and 6 or 7 and 7 squad. I love it. They don't expect anything. They've had a nice, easy run of it. But all it takes now, my team's better now. Why? Because I have all the sure things. All my investment, I, I have got the, you know, I've got these players that are really strong right now because I've prepared for this all year because I've aligned myself only with teams that aren't messing around. Don't bet on games where you don't know or don't bet on teams or games where you don't know what they're playing for the coaches in limbo players are in limbo contracts. you got guys going free agency after the year. It's the holidays. They're already done uncertain weather. Align yourself with teams, players, coaches who have very specific set of goals for the rest of the season. They need to get into the playoffs. They need to retain their job. Daryl Bevel's playing. Jacksonville was a lame duck team, but now they're actually playing for something because Daryl Bevel needs a job. He wants to take over this team. So he's going to get on his players, and the players will play for him a little bit. All right, so there's something all of, all of a sudden there's incentive. Right? There, there's incentive there. Chicago, What are the Chicago Bears playing for? Pride. Nobody plays for pride anymore. That's that's a talk of the 90s and 2000s. Hey, nobody has pride anymore. Too much paycheck to have any pride. They pride in their pay. Matt Nagy's gone. None of the players really care. They're all busted up and injured. They shut down Khalil Mack and guys like that. It's, it's nothing there. 
They're just filling out the season. So don't bet on it. Those are the things you don't do. Those are things you don't bet on. Line yourself with those uh, types of things. Um, boy, a lot of uh, other questions. David Morrell Jr. wants me uh, to shout him out for getting first in the Listener League contest. There it is. I don't know if there's a guy who brags more than David Morrell Jr., everybody, but he, he did take first place. So I'll give him the shout out right there. Um, let's see what else. Tyler Huntley, if Lamar sits over Joe Burrow, yes. Yeah, Huntley over Burrow. I love Burrow. Leftover turkey sandwiches. Oh my God. Oh, leftover versus leftover ham sandwich. There's nothing better than leftover turkey sandwich. Nothing. I love leftover ham. Fantastic. But no. Why do children ever trust to go once they realize Santa is real? Oh, that's a good question. It's a oh man. That's one to hit home, man. We had to tell my son this this uh past year and uh it cracked him up. Right? It, it busted him up. It really did. And um, yeah, that was, that was a bad scene. I, I've never felt worse as a parent. He's 11, but I th- he took it really hard. And that was, a, that was a tough one. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was a sensitive topic to me right now because I, 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 I feel we did him wrong. We probably shouldn't have told him he probably needed another year. I just felt two older sisters, um, a lot of older cousins and people that come over that, you know, it's gotten to that point. I thought at school, it'll also be a thing. And uh, she just wasn't ready. Christmas is big in my household. Let me transition to that. I'll get into the starts and sits. I'll get into the uh, other things as well. But I want to talk about Christmas and the holiday for a little bit. Like I said, I don't really, for me, 4th of July, and my I've never celebrated birthdays. I didn't have, I have one birthday party for me. It was when I was turned 13, and it really wasn't a birthday party for me. It was a, uh, a moving party more than anything. Um, we were moving from uh, <laughs> in with my brother had to save us because the house was being foreclosed and shit. So what really was, I lied to myself and say it was a birthday party, but it wasn't. We were moving, and they had people over, but they did have a cake, and I got cards, and it was the first time that it happened. I didn't have a friend party ever never had a birthday party as a kid um, and didn't have family parties. Family would get me gifts, but I didn't, we never had a really a party. We never acknowledged it. Hey, here's your birthday presents. Okay, cool. Unwrap them. And that was it. Whatever. <laughs> you know, it just wasn't a thing. So for me, it's always been Christmas and it all goes back. You've heard me talk about my mom and dad. Um, both have passed away on previous podcasts. You can go back and listen to them, but uh, something very interesting has happened to me this year where I started realizing like why I love Christmas so much, what it means to me. It was always a time in my family amongst the chaos, kind of like the fantasy football season where somehow, some way, and my mom was a lunatic. My dad was a drunk sisters and brothers fucking, I mean, literally criminals, uh, not all. I mean, it's great people, but it's an environment we grew up in. They had to fight for everything they got. They had to fight, right? Fight and do everything. There was, but you know, relatives in jail and you know, in trouble with the law at least. Um, you know, and it, somehow we always made it work at Christmas. Family always got together. Everybody got along. We put down our swords, like I talked about earlier in the show. We just found a way. And the other thing, uh, this is an interesting one, 
in something that's just popped into my mind here this year is that I, I guess I didn't get birthday gifts. Like I didn't get, when we went to the store, there was no like, Oh, I want that or something. I didn't get anything. There was, uh, I think my uh, sister and mom used to go to North park mall. I used to take my nephews there in Addison, Illinois later in life. And I would get a pretzel. Sometimes we'd split the pretzel or a, Garibaldi's pizza. Uh, you know what I mean? Like that was the treat, but there was, you just got food. <laughs> I didn't get it. You never got anything. Somehow I was spoiled fucking rotten at Christmas though. I mean, rotten. Like I would get 20 gifts on a Christmas and it was just so sensory overload to me. It was such a bizarre thing. Um, I took it hard when I found out about Santa Claus, like it really hit me. And I found out early, I think it was seven years old when I found out my mom screamed at me because we couldn't buy encyclopedias that I wanted at that time. That's a story for another time, but it was, um, you know, she made magic happen. And so it's all my mom. My dad was working and you know, the time he wasn't working, he was drunk off his ass. So it was, she made it work. She somehow brought all together. And again, she's manic depressive as I've talked about before. My mom was, had a lot of mental problems and very depressed person. Um, but man, did she pull it together and everybody did all my family did my brothers and sisters and everybody pulled it together on Christmas somehow, some way. And it's, we we've had, I I've witnessed my dad put my brother who's disabled his head through a closet door. Like I watched it as a kid, Like these are things that happen in front of me. Right. And not proud moments, not good moments, bad moments. Right. None that that happened on a Sunday dinner, <laughs> just you know fights, my fucking brother and sister screaming at each other, and like full on fucking fighting on the stairs and throwing each other down, like crashing through walls. And I mean, I, I've seen it all. Never on Christmas, man. Nobody stepped out on Christmas. Never. And that's the thing. I, I think that you know therapy and time and you know, being fortunate enough in life as I've been, and I've been very blessed and very lucky um, from the family. I mean, learn the lessons. I talk about my family and it's all the truth. It's not against them. I love them all dearly, but um, yeah, my mom and dad too. I recognize the fact that they had uh, lots of problems and life wasn't easy for them. And it's not easy for a lot of us out there. Uh, yeah, I've been through it bad times, good time I'm going through a health thing right now that I'm sure I'll talk about here in the, you know, as we get into the next year, um, stuff that I'll be going through and, you know, we all have been dealt something, but there's a time and a place. There's a time to fight, time to react, time to put your dukes up, time to get after it. And, and you know, I have to swing and throw your haymakers and, and there's a time for peace and tranquility and to, reset and just take stock at least. And for me, that's Christmas. It's just that time of year. I like to look back. I'll make some changes in my life personally, professionally. We've got changes at elite happening right now that you'll find out about in the beginning of 2022, right? Things that I'll, I'm, I'll announce it. I'll, I'm doing a new show. I'm going to be doing a new show on site only. Um, 
yeah, it, it'll be a brand new, uh, unfiltered, just like this, kind of like this. Well, a little more guests and you know different, you know, different topics and and fantasy sports and but uh, you know it's just a different type of program. But uh, I mean that's launching soon after the football season is done. We'll be doing that uh, over at the sites. So we're going to be um, condensing a lot of things down. I think over at the Elite Sports Network where. You know, we are way too vast where we have all these sites and all these things that we're doing and like, we're going to focus in on what we do best and what we do most and what's most important, what our subscribers have told us are the most important things. And so I think, you know, these changes are good. And, and, and personally for me, it's like my health is an important thing and family. I am workaholic. I've always grinding, especially during football season. I mean, it's not a joke. I work about 108 to 116 hours a week. This is true. It's not embellished. It's not, you know, anything else. I don't watch a football game like other people watch a football game. You know, it's not fun. It's not a, you know, great event. No, I have to chart. I have to take stock. I have to take, you know, account snaps and watch the, you know, what happened. It's a lot different than what being a fan or a casual hobbyist or whatever is about. So I need to reset it. And it's no, it's no different. All of you guys go through it. We all go through it. So I just like during this time, I get happy. I remember my mom. I remember my dad. I remember what my mom had to do to pull the family together. And I try to do the same. I try to carry on the legacy. It's the only way I'm close to my parents anymore. Cause it's been, you know, 20 plus years without my dad. It's been almost a decade now without my mom as well. So, and I've got older brothers and sisters, but they're way older than me, like 20 years older. And they're just in different parts of their life. They're in their sixties and late fifties, right? They're just in different places. And um, I do all I can to bring everybody together and try to keep everybody together. And even if it's not often, it's at least once or twice a year, sometimes. And I got everybody down to Arizona somehow, you know, after I moved down, I was the first one. So like, that's why it's important to me. And I urge all of you to do something similar. And I don't know if it's Christmas. I don't know if it's maybe it's Halloween, maybe it's a birthday, maybe it's your grandpappy's whatever, you know, maybe it's whatever, whatever the tradition is, but find that time at least once a year, if not as much as you can and just, own it. Just be in the moment. Put your phones down. Put the t- take the TV off, or turn the TV on and watch it with somebody. But talk about it. Don't just stare at a screen and just you know talk about. Communicate. Just be together. That's what it is for me, and it's important. And I tell you, man, I, I get you know I get irritated. There's, I'm getting pulled every which way as we speak right now, and I'm getting really pissed off about it because I'm not I'm not playing that. I'm doing my job. I'm taking care of what I need to do for everybody. And I know I've got a lot of people listen to this show and Sirius and on the Elite Sports Network and Daily and Bets and everything else. And I promise my, I will die before I let you people down. But all the other stuff is noise and all the other stuff can wait right now. It can wait. That's the way I look at it. Um, I told, I, I write it every year in the, um, uh, elite, uh, the cash game breakdown, elite fantasy. I'll tell a story about the, the teddy bear. You know, when I was a kid, you know, one of the things, so I used to get spoiled with presents and every, but every year there'd be a stuffed animal 
on top of my presents. And it was just kind of like, it wasn't wrapped. Everything else was wrapped. And my brother lived with me my whole life too. My older brother, who I mentioned was disabled, um, talked about him many times. Um, so he lived with us and my mom and dad and all that. So and Christmas morning, but there'd always be like a stuffed animal. I never, there was never <laughs> talk about communicating. My family never talked about it, never said it. Just would always be a, like a teddy bear or a stuffed elephant or some stuffed animal, just always something little, small, sometimes a big one, you know, whatever. It's like, okay. Even when I was like getting my teenage years, like, okay, eh, not really into it, but whatever. Never understood it. Nobody said anything about it. Turns out like years later. So when my dad passed away in 1999, um, her, his sister, who I didn't know very much at all, uh, drove up from North Carolina. She barely made it as the wake was ending and uh, they closed the casket and everything. She had her a teddy bear with her. It's like, okay. And she put it in the casket. It was very important. She put it in the casket. We didn't understand. What do you mean? I got and she told us a story that they grew up in a farm in Western Illinois and my dad's family, like my mom's family had were solid, like middle-class, maybe even upper middle-class. They disowned my mom pretty much after she married my dad though. My dad's family, hillbilly straight up biggest hillbilly redneck, whatever farmers in Illinois, man. I mean, I'm talking uneducated dirt, poor, just not great. Right. I mean, not, not bad. I, you know, they're my family. Love them. But uh, I never met my grandparents ever. They died long before I was around anyway. So they never really celebrated Christmas. They didn't have a Christmas. They, they would have a tree and they decorate something, but the parents really didn't care. Um, and so one day on the farm or somewhere around the property, my dad found a uh, worn out like teddy bear or something. Somebody had thrown it away or something. So um, when my, there was an older sister and a younger sister, and then he was in the middle. So he did this and then they made it a tradition where they would each take turns wrapping a newspaper, wrap uh, the teddy bear up and put it underneath their tree so that they would have something to unwrap every morning. That's what I was Christmas. And I never knew. And the story was told. And my mom then said, yeah, that's why your father always had to give you a stuffed animal. And I'm like, what? I never fucking knew any of this. Like what? My dad, because my dad was an alcoholic and he battled alcoholism his whole life. And there was many Christmas morning. We'd find him passed out on the floor drunk, you know, and we'd, open up presents and he'd be slurring his words and shit. So like, I'm, it turns out he was to be the, my mom never did it. I did. Cause he worked at a grocery store his whole life. Who's manager, assistant manager of all the kinds of grocery stores around the Chicagoland area. My whole life, he would bring home something usually from the grocery store, but it was always a stuffed animal. And he just put it on top. I didn't think he did one thing. I didn't know that again, he died. I was uh, 22 years old, 21 years, 21 years old when he passed away, had no idea any of this. So that's just something I'm like, yeah, that's, that's wild. That's the teddy bear story. And of um, you know, the stunning to this day. And you know, that that's what my dad and his sisters had to go through, but they always would unwrap that teddy bear and give it to each other. And that was their big prize. And that's why my dad actually was, 
the guy who insisted early on for my brothers and sisters that we have a big Christmas and that we go all out. So the other thing that I was alluding to, I'm not 100% sure that my mom didn't steal because how we could have afforded it. I, I talk about this when I graduated high school and I went going to apply to colleges uh, there was, there's no money or anything. And I would definitely want to go to college. It, so we applied for a, a, like a federal grant or something. And um, I had no idea, but a counselor told me to do it. So I had to get my parents' household income. It was $30,000. I'm talking 1996, 30s out combined, both parents working full-time, full-time $30,000. That was their combined income. Like even again, by today's standards, it's crazy low, but combined and even in 1996, that was, that was poverty. And I'm like, holy shit. So I was able to get like some Pell grants from the government because they're like, yeah, you're fucking poor. I'm like, Oh, I didn't realize we're this poor. Like I knew, we're, I didn't knew we weren't wealthy, but I never realized we're poor. Like even when we were in the South side, i never realized it. Just thought this is how people lived. You know, I didn't think, of anything. I knew the North Siders were a bunch of snobs, but I didn't think about it. So, um, yeah, didn't have any kind of money. They went all out. And I look back at it now and I was thinking recently, like, how the fuck is it possible she got all that? How? I mean, I got Nintendo games. I got those wrestling figures as a kid. I, I got a baseball glove. I got um, all the, I got good presents. Right. Handheld uh, uh, football, those old electronic football things. And I, I used to get, how is it possible? And I just don't think it is. And I'm like, oh, fuck, did my mom steal shit? Like, does she run in a scam? Because I do remember a time where she was arrested. I was real young. She was arrested at my house. And the, the, there was an unmarked police car that pulled up. And I don't know, I must've been, I keep thinking I was like six or seven, but I was really, I must've been at least 10 years old because to be in this house, I didn't know what the fuck. And we lied and said, my brother was home. So they like took her away in handcuffs and I was home alone for hours and hours till my sister came and uh, realized like they said it was because of credit because she didn't pay a credit card bill because my dad was out of work that year. And it was in December, it was like right, right before Christmas where she was arrested. I mean, they handcuffed her and put her in an unmarked squad car. And I remember just watching them pull away like, oh, fuck, what the hell's going on? You know, and the whole story my family told was, yeah, that's bad credit. And in the 1980s and 1990s, nobody even knew really credit what the fuck it was. I just grew up my whole life thinking, oh, yeah, mom had such bad credit card debt that uh, there wasn't a thing. But we never had a credit card. No, my mom and dad never had a credit card till, you know, the nineties, mid nineties. So I just started thinking like, Oh shit. My mom fucking stole my Christmas presents or ran some sort of scam. Who knows what the hell she did. Um, I'm scared to know, to be honest with you, but um, that don't, I hope you don't get lost in what deadbeats the manses were because I'm not, I'm not uh, embarrassed by that story at all. I think my parents did everything they could for me and my brothers and sisters. I think that's kind of the spirit of Christmas and the holidays. 
you got to do what you got to do. And some of us, you know, you got to grind. Some of us work overtime or we got to run our side hustles and businesses and all that stuff. I did fantasy as a side hustle for five years, man, longer, six, seven years. Really? Um, we do what we have to do for our own. Right. And you know, it's one thing I don't condone. I don't condone violence. I don't like ripping people off, stealing from people. I can't condone that kind of shit. And I don't condone stealing anyway, but at the same time, I'm not going to be embarrassed or upset because, you know, she did what she had thought she had to do, even though it was the wrong decision. And that's why I, I think I have a perspective. I'm open with all the pol- political shit. You guys get so supercharged up and you're so motivated by it. It doesn't hit me that in that way. I feel like there's a lot of different types of people that have a lot, they're making decisions for a lot of different reasons. And I hope those reasons are about betterment of yourself and your family and your loved ones. And not about, Oh, what some fucking Kingmaker said one politician or one party or what Facebook group I'm in. I hope those are the reasons because I I'll respect the hell out of anybody for anything. Do whatever you have to do. But when you do it because you want to be part of something on Facebook or social media, now you're doing shit for the wrong reasons. Anyway, so that's uh, um, some of my, uh, my Christmas stories uh, as well. Um, Christmas traditions. Somebody asking me, actually, I love that question and uh, appreciate that. So uh, what do I do? We play the, the Hallmark. We watch, listen to Hallmark on Sirius XM Hallmark radio. Um, every time we go and we have the same lights, we have like festivals of lights, illuminations and all this shit around the Phoenix area. And so we go and look at lights. It's something we do once or twice a week during the Christmas season. Uh, and while we do that, we turn on Hallmark station and we each pick a song. And when that song comes on, we get a point. So we've made a game of this. And it's been since we lived in Chicago, my, my oldest girls were young that we've done this. That's a fun game to do something, you know, keeps you in tune to rooting for certain songs and artists and things like that. So that's something we do. Um, one gift on Christmas Eve. We do that. Um, I play holiday games. I have a dice, a cards and dice game where we have gift cards and lottery tickets and there's whammies and all the other good stuff. We play a game like that. Um, I watch every Christmas movie, Christmas special, Charlie Brown, the Grinch, Christmas vacation, elf, uh, white Christmas, Bing Crosby, old school, do all that every year. I go through a list and I have to watch every single one of them. You know, sometimes we're rapping during it. Sometimes, most of the time I'm working, I have a laptop on me and I'm doing my chats. Those of you in the elite fantasy chats know that. So those are some of my favorite traditions. Um, let's get to week 16. I know some of you just want the fantasy football information. Let's get to that players that I'm starting this week. Well, I'm starting either Lamar Jackson or Tyler Huntley, whichever one starts against the Bengals. Again, team that has to win motivated to win we've seen enough out of Huntley to know he's going to run a lot and he's got a good connection with Andrews and Marquise Brown definitely starting whichever one starts there we don't know that as of this time Uh, I do have Russell Wilson within the top 12 I got him over Taysom Hill against the Bears Um, yeah I, I think Russell Wilson against Chicago with that banged up secondary another guy worth a decision to start I'm not starting Derek Carr 
I'm tempted by Ryan Tannehill. Now that Julio Jones and AJ Brown are back, but I'm not starting him either. Um, Drew Locke going against Las Vegas, a very sneaky play, but you'd have to be desperate to pull something like that off at running back. I'm going to start Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Chiefs have a lot of COVID issues right now. Maybe Kelsey and Tyreek get cleared, but as of now, Clyde Edwards Lair, their main weapon. So I'm starting him. I'm starting Antonio Gibson, despite we'll see what happens with the foot injury. Had a decent enough game, plays on Sunday night against the Dallas Cowboys. I'm starting him. I'm starting Javante Williams against the Raiders. Top two. He's a running back two on my board this week as well. So those are some players that I am starting. Um, who are, oh, Daryl Henderson versus Sony Michelle. A lot of people asking this question. I just don't know. At this stage of starting Sony Michelle over Henderson, this could change. But it's 1A, 1B, and realistically, both of them are bottom-end RB2s. Flex plays at the best. All right? Um, yeah, that – I mean, Rashad Penny against the Bears. Uh, I like him. He's an RB2 on my board as well. I'm starting him. Not going to trust Miles Gaskin. Not going to play Duke Johnson. I don't like Jeff Olson Jr. against the Titans on a short week with that bum knee. I don't like it. He's outside of my top 24. Don't like Dante Foreman against 49ers run defense and DJ Jones either. I don't like either one of them. Okay. Uh, not for this week. At the running back, or I'm sorry, at the uh, wide receiver position. Some players are like, I like Russell Gage a lot against Detroit secondary. Uh, I like Brandon Ayuk against Tennessee secondary. He's the X receiver when Debo Samuel moves to running back, which he plays a lot of running back. So I like him. Um, dude like Tyler Lockett, assuming he returns against Chicago Bears. Love DK Metcalf. Don't, dry, don't sit DK Metcalf. Don't be that guy or gal, please. Just bad, bad move. I do. I have Gabriel Davis as a top, as a wide receiver three, top 36 on my board this week. It's tough against New England, but don't forget, New England's secondary is a little bit banged up. He's not going to see JC Jackson. And that is a good thing. That's going to be Stefan Diggs on him. So I think we got a good matchup with Gabriel Davis. Could have a dozen targets against the New England Patriots this week, um, starting Van Jefferson. Uh, once again, start him every week. Didn't do much this week against Seattle. That was just a bad offensive performance overall by the LA Rams, but I like him. I just, I, <laughs> very, I'm secure in him, especially against the Minnesota Vikings, a game that could shoot out. One of very few games that could be a shootout this week. Players that I don't trust. I don't trust Chase Claypool at all. His playing time diminished. I don't know if he's in Mike Tomlin's doghouse. I don't know exactly what's going on. But again, what did I talk about at the beginning? Don't, if you don't know, don't play him. Sit him the fuck out. Don't go reaching. <laughs> go be like TLC. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Stick the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. And you're going to, you know, much better situation there. I'm not starting Jacoby Myers. I'm not starting Donovan Peoples-Jones, despite, you know, good week this week. Jarvis Landry likely back against the Green Bay Packers on, on Christmas afternoon. Um, I'm not going to go KJ Osborne. I steered a lot of you away from him this past week. I'm proud of that call uh, as well. I'm not going to go there, even if Thielen's out. I'm not going there and I'm not going to play Devonte Parker 
against the saints on Monday night football either. So um, the, the tight ends pretty much the same at this point, Dawson Knox, Noah Fant, Dalton Schultz, Gusecki, Ertz, all yeses, Hunter Henry, Evan Ingram, right on the cusp. I lean yes on both of them. Ingram, we know Philadelphia is the worst against tight end in the entire league. So Ingram, technically I have him tight end 13, but if you're that desperate, go ahead. You could feel okay about Evan Ingram. Guys on the outside, Ricky Seals-Jones, it's just not happening for him. It's a good matchup against Dallas, but it's not happening. Him and Bates, it's just not happening. Um, Jared Cook, great matchup. Don't want to start him ideally. Foster Moreau can't catch the fucking football, and I'm tired of him. James O'Shaughnessy, my fine Irish lad. <laughs> if you need four for 40 from your tight end, O'Shaughnessy's your guy. If you're looking for anything more, nah, just I like him. I get it, but it should be noted. I think um, Dan Arnold's actually practicing with the team again, so something to at least consider whether he plays or not. Either way, sit O'Shaughnessy. There you go. All right, folks, I'm running way over. I told you it'd be under an hour, and uh, I babbled on way too long. Let's get to it. My survivor bet of the week. I am fire and survivor, folks. I mean, I'm still fucking involved. No, I'm not. I won. I forgot. Miami. I won last week. Holy shit. Yeah, bitches. Woo. All right. Well, I'll keep the train going as if I'm still, as if it's still going. Fuck yeah, baby. See, I didn't even look at my survivor pools before this. This is what having such late week games are uh, or what it does to my process. Miami won it. Boom. I'm going with the Eagles. I haven't used Philadelphia in either uh, in any of my entries over at Elite Sports Betting. By the way, all these are post-Elite Sports Betting. So the Eagles are my choice. All in Philadelphia. My bet of the week. The Chargers and Houston Texans. The Chargers are ravaged by COVID-19, including Austin Eckler and Jalen Guyton. I'm going to go under 45 and a half. Houston's defense strong enough against the pass. There's not enough to run here for the Chargers. So this game is actually 46 right now on FanDuel. So I'm going under the 46, 45 and a half on most other books. And I'm it opened up at 46 and a half. Under, under, under on that. My upset of the week. I actually like a couple upsets. I kind of told you one of them. Technically, Indianapolis is an upset, but nah, I'm not. I'll I'll do a real upset, and that's I'm going to say the Dolphins against the Saints. It's, it's weird that the Saints are so valued or at home. The defense was strong last week, but I think Tampa Bay shit the bed more than anything. Let's give me the Dolphins over the Saints for the upset it's going to do it for episode 97 everybody again want to wish each and every one of you a very merry christmas very happy new year happy holidays no matter whether you're big into this time of year not into this time of year pappy loves you very very much i hope all of you have a safe time no matter what it is that you're doing be good to each other try to spread some love just spread some positivity for crying out loud just take if you're a troll on Twitter, if you're listening to this, just take a week off, relax, let your guard down a little bit, right? Get Pick it back up next week. Go ahead. You, know, you don't have to become a nice person. Fine. But just let that, that guard down. Be happy. Choose. It's a choice. We all make it. And again, I talked about a lot with the family stuff on this episode and 
if my parents were still alive, my mom with the depression and dad, like I would just tell them, just choose to be happy. You know, decide it. It's a decision you make actively and progressively. Do it. And, and you're going to feel better. It'll make you feel better and spread some joy and love and be generous. Um, also, oh, other tip from uh, your boy, your boy, Pappy. Remember that you guys, I, I, I believe in tipping this time of year. Tip your mailman, tip your garbage man, tip you get a pool guy or a landscaper, um, house cleaner, um, your, your barber, stylist for the ladies out there. You know, anybody, you know, people that are a regular part of your life, take care of them, man. Gift card, you know, 10 bucks at Starbucks, $5 bill. You know, be, be, you know, do something good. Just pay it forward a little bit. If you're struggling out there, totally understand you can't do it. A, a nice card, some some home-baked cookies or store-bought cookies, even if you're a shitty cook, whatever, right? Just, you know, just something to show, hey, I got you. I appreciate you. You've done something for me. Now I'm paying it forward. That, that's the way. Take care of each other. And by the way, that shit goes around, right? goes around. You put it out in the world, that shit comes right back. Somebody else, next thing you know, it's like the, you ever been in a Starbucks line? They're like, oh, no, the person in front of you paid. Like, oh, shit, cool. That's chill. I'll pay for the next guy, and then we keep it going. That's what uh, that's what we're all about. Folks, that's it for me. Again, um, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, one and all. Be back next week with a brand-new episode. Go bring home those semifinal victories. Let's move on to championship week. Let's get some DFS wins. Let's get that money in sports betting as well. If you're not signed up with us at Elite Sports Betting or EliteFantasy.com by now, for grind out loud, email us, support at EliteFantasy.com. Just uh, at this point, I'll just tell them to give it to you. For, for fuck's sake, just, just get in. I'm going to be hanging out in Discord. We're having a good holiday. We're going to win some money. Let's do it. I'll see you next time, everybody. Happy Christmas. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Episode 97 in the books. See you next time, everybody. You may disagree some or all you heard on this show. It's okay because it's one man's opinion. See you next time. Deuces.